Well, we're glad to have you with us uh, this weekend. And we're starting a new sermon series. And that new sermon series is called True Satisfaction for the Hunger Inside You. And on Wednesdays, we do a deeper dive from the weekend. And that's at 7 o'clock in the West Auditorium. So join us for that. We'll take this weekend and go deeper. But we'd like you to put on your schedule to plan to be with us Wednesdays uh, starting the second week of February. Uh, we'll not be doing a deeper dive of the services. We're going to be doing a study by Dr. Tony Evans called Oneness Embraced. And look at how we can indeed be involved in the ministry of reconciliation in our lives, in our communities. And so that'll be the second week of February, February 8th. And if you'd like to be a table leader at that, we're looking for people to help us host table discussions in the West Odd. Stop by the VIP room today, let them know that, and we'll give you information how you can get started with us on that regard. So we talk about true satisfaction. And uh, we have hungers and desires, appetites for lots of things. Uh, indeed, for things. We want to have things and maybe success. Uh, hungry for things in your work world, financial gain, relationships, ministry effectiveness. I can go on and on. And many times those appetites turn out to be insatiable. And we achieve what we always thought we wanted and then we find ourselves saying, is that all there is? Most things in life can end up that way. But we believe that if we turn our hearts in the right direction, we can find satisfaction. And so uh, part of that is uh, looking at uh, our spiritual lives. And this weekend, or this week, we started the Daniel Fast on Wednesday. We had a great prayer service and uh, we had a prophetic word that was given, that just how much God has in store for us as a church in this new year. And so... We're going to first talk about the Daniel fast. And if you have the CLC app, you can follow along with us. The first thought is that fasting is for our good. It's not something we necessarily do for God, but it benefits us. And Daniel, we're on a Daniel fast. It's named after the prophet Daniel. Uh, there are two occasions that uh, the book named after him records a fast he participated in. The second one is uh, that the Daniel fast is named after. He had received a vision from God that was terrifying. It was about end times, it was about the Antichrist and, and the kind of how human history had come to an end. And he was troubled and, and couldn't make sense of it and really was just filled with fear. And uh, he went into a fast and fasting and praying for discernment. And he says in Daniel 10 verse 3, I did not eat any tasty food, nor did meat or wine enter my mouth, nor did I use any ointment at all until the entire three weeks were completed. So he went into a fast, a season of fasting and praying for three weeks, uh, to discern from God. And uh, primarily, you can go to our CLC website, clcdayton.com, and you can read about the Daniel fast. Uh, it's basically a vegetarian diet and primarily drinking water, doing without the junk food and the fried and processed foods and whatnot. Um, some people get real particular on the Daniel fast, and I'm not quite that way. Uh, for instance, if you go on the website, I was looking at it, and it talked about peanut butter, only peanut butter that is totally natural, and da da da, da whatever. And you know, like, for breakfast, I had an apple and a banana. I put some Kroger's crunchy peanut butter. It's good enough, all right? So uh, wherever you fall in that, uh, I'd encourage you to join us. If you haven't started, go ahead and jump on uh, today or tomorrow and join us. It runs through the rest of January. And uh, so fasting is for our good, and there are lots of reasons people fast in the Bible. In addition to fasting for discernment, and some of you are at a very confusing time in life. Some of you can't figure out what's next or what God's doing or where God's at. And fasting for discernment to better understand what God's doing might be something valuable for you. 
Another reason, the, the nation of Israel, on an annual basis, uh, had a celebration called the Day of Atonement in which the nation fasted and prayed uh, in, in humbling themselves uh, over their sins that had been forgiven by God. Another reason for fasting and praying, Ezra was leading the people in a huge restorative work and he prayed for protection in accomplishing God's will. Nehemiah was like that as well. Nehemiah rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem after they had been torn down and it was a season of rebuilding and he entered into a time of fasting and praying, asking for God's favor. Some of you are at a time when life has been reduced to rubble and you never thought it would come crashing down like this and God's calling you to a season to rebuild. And in that rebuilding, as Nehemiah did, you would find it helpful to, to, to likewise practice some prayer and fasting to hear from God as he grants you favor and wisdom on how to, how to put things back together. For the nation of Israel, first, second Chronicles, second Chronicles of, the, of chapter 20, King Jehoshaphat, the entire people fasted and prayed for the nation. And if there is ever a time for us to fast and pray for our nation, it's now when the fabric of our nation appears to be being torn apart. And then when you look at uh, ministry preparation, Jesus fasted and prayed for 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness. And when it comes to fasting and ministry preparation, I'd like to ask you a question. And there needs to be a fairly quick, obvious internal answer from you. If not, you've probably got some fasting and praying to do. The question is, what ministry do you suppose God wants to accomplish in and through your life this year? The proper answer is not. Because we've all been given gifts and abilities, opportunities, and he wants to use you. You are in the configuration of your life like no one else is. Take, take where you live, if you work, where you work, if you're employed, or go to school, where you shop, where you do all your activities and pastimes and whatnot. That configuration of people and places is you and you alone. And at the very least, God wants to minister through you in your everyday life. But some of you, he wants you to be involved even beyond that in ministries here at CLC or across our city or whatever the case might be. And so if you do not know, there's no answer for, I don't know, then I assure you God's got an answer for that. Spend some time in prayer and fasting. And then Jesus assumed that we would fast. When he talked about it in the Sermon on the Mount, he didn't say if you fast, he said when you fast. So turn to your neighbor and tell him Jesus expects it. Just tell him. And when you fast, he says, don't make a big uh, public to-do about it. Just keep it something private between you and God. And we can see in, in Isaiah chapter 58, there's something powerful about prayer and fasting because the prayer and fasting they were called to, uh, first of all, you can hear from God. God will hear you. He'll, he'll tune his ears to you. But also in humbling ourselves through prayer and fasting in Isaiah 58, he makes it clear that fast broke bondages. Some of you are in bondage. Some of you are addicted. And right now your heart started beating faster because it's a secret that you hope to keep or you think you're keeping. And there is something about prayer and fasting that breaks bondage. Statistics tell us there's loads of areas that people in the church still struggle with addictions. And through prayer and fasting, I would, I would recommend another step. I was just talking to a young man who, he's, he, we're just getting acquainted. I'm in recovery. and say, hey, have you heard about Celebrate Recovery? Monday nights at six, if you, if you really want to take that a step further and really break free from what you need to break free of, hurts, habits, or, or hangups, 
Six o'clock, come in door two, there's dinner. There's people just like you that are trying to recover and break free from things, and you can do that. And that, that added power that prayer and fasting brings, Jesus alludes to it. His disciples had encountered someone who was demon-possessed, and they tried to cast this demon out of this person, and they couldn't. And so they brought that person to Jesus. They said, hey, we brought him to your disciples. They couldn't cast him out. And so Jesus cast the demon out of this person. The disciples were like, what gives? We did that. And he said, this kind, this level of intensity only happens through prayer and fasting. So prayer and fasting sharpens us, kind of supercharges our walk with God and our spiritual life. So I would encourage you to join us uh, for the rest of January in this Daniel fast. Another thought is that fasting is healthy for us. It is flat out good for you. And I will make a confession. Anybody else in the same boat? Um, I found some extra pounds over Christmas. The goodies start to hit around the first week of December. And then I feel like, you know, of course, they're here at work, and then people give you stuff and whatever. I feel like I have to eat them, right? I mean, somebody was kind of to give it to me. And so, like, by the end of the first week of January, I try to get rid of all the stuff. And I would tell myself, that's okay. The Daniel fast is coming. Anybody else? Come on, be honest. All right, you look forward to it. Cause I used to feel guilty, like I'm not spiritual enough, okay? Because, like, I should just fast for the spiritual benefit, not because I also want to lose weight. But doing a deeper dive in Scripture, I realized, no, that actually goes together. The Apostle John, in the third letter that he wrote, in verse 2, it's only one chapter long, he says, Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health as your soul prospers. We worship God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinity, three in one. We're creating His image, so it's no surprise that there's three dimensions to us. It's, it's body, soul, and spirit. And I learned in one of our discipleship classes years ago to pray uh, okay, Lord, I pray for my health. I pray for my physical health and that my body would be in alignment with my soul. I pray that you would restore my soul according to Psalm 23. My soul is my mind. It's your thought life. It's my emotions. It's my emotional life. And it's my will, the choices I make from that. So I pray you grant me health. And I kind of pray through that. Help my body be in, in line with my soul, restore my mind, my will, and my emotions, and then help my soul to be in line with my spirit, fill my spirit with the Holy Spirit, and let the gifts and fruit of the Spirit be evident in my life. And so as I look at that, that intermingling, uh, it's hard to say where one leaves off and the other begins, and so it doesn't surprise me then that a spiritual practice has physical benefit because God made me body, soul, and spirit. Do a little research, and the medical, uh, the medical world will tell you for sure uh, that fasting is good for you. Fasting or intermittent fasting as well, it helps you burn fat, increase your metabolism. It improves your eating habits. Oh, my goodness. Every year when I go on the Daniel Fast, I realize that going into the Daniel Fast, I think I'm a healthier eater than I am. You know? Um, I, I will confess to you that I like... I'm a salty guy. Anybody else like salty snacks? Okay. All right. How many of you are sweet snacks? Just to kind of be fair. Okay. Have you tried sweet and salty together? It's, it's amazing. All right. So a few of these. Couple. I, I almost was going to eat some in front of you. And I thought you'd think I was too unspiritual. So, um, but I was going to eat some of these. I thought if I really want to do it, I should get a, a killer brownie. Yeah, Dorothy Lane. And just a bite of brownie and a bite of chips. Oh, those really go together well. All right, but I, I didn't. Um, but fasting does help me realize, you know, I think I snack more than I think I snack. 
And then, I don't know, a church office like, is detrimental to your health because people are always dropping stuff off, you know? Um, and so here's whatever for the staff. And, and somebody gave me a huge box of Esther Price. And I'm not a huge fan of all the whatevers, but they said, well, it's for you and you can share it with the staff. So confession being good for the soul. I opened it up. I took the turtles off the top <laughs> and then put the box in the break room. So anyways, uh, but fasting does improve your eating habits. I am determined to eat better when this is over. Uh, it helps you with weight control and your blood sugar and cholesterol. It's heart healthy for you. And so it's just good for you. And that makes perfect sense. And so hopefully you all received a note card when you came in. If you didn't, raise your hand. Our section leaders are armed with, empty, with, with blanks. So raise your hand real high and give away. There's like over here, um, over there, over there. Just wave a minute. And while they're passing these out, because we're going to take some notes, uh, you're not going to take notes about what you're going to see here, but I'm going to throw up on the screen a healthy food for life food pyramid. This is approved by the Department of Health, evidently. And uh, you can take a, a screenshot if you want to. But at the top of the pyramid are foods and drinks high in fat, sugar, and salt. That's where the fun is. Um, it says, not every, say, not every day. Come on, say it. All right, there you go. And then you get the fats and spreads and oils, and you need to be limited. And then twice a day, you've got meat, poultry, fish, eggs. Three times a day, the milk family. And then the bottom, three to five, you've got whole, whole meals, cereals, breads, potatoes, pasta, rice, and then vegetables, salad, and fruit five to seven times a day. So we are just going to kill it on those bottom two levels, all right? That's where we're living, uh, veggies and fruit for the Daniel fast. So let's turn to our, our note page here. And I was inspired to do this. Uh, last weekend, I sat in the stadium seats, and uh, as Pastor Shane was sharing the, the message, and there was a lady in the front row who went old school, and she had a notebook, and she was taking notes, and she filled up an entire page with notes. I thought, yeah, because I'm, I'm kind of old school. Um, our, most of our younger guys preach off of an iPad, and I preach off of a MyPad. So anyways, uh, old school. So we're going to go ahead and write because it's one thing when you hear a message. It's another thing when you have some kind of a visual. It's even more when you interact. So we are going to interact, okay? You're going to use both sides of this paper. Uh, so on the first side of the paper, I'd like to ask you to write three lists, okay? So we're going to jot down three lists. You can keep it private. You can tell your neighbor. It doesn't matter. Um, the other side, you might want to do yourself. But um, the first one... Uh, jot down a list. Make a list of junk food I like. Okay? And if you don't like any junk food, good for you. Um, go ahead and write down three or four junk foods that you like. Of course, chips would be on the top of my list. So just take a minute and go ahead and write a few down. Just the top third of the paper. Doesn't have to be a comprehensive list. <laughs> we don't have that long. So as I've thought about uh, potato chips, I realize I come by it honestly. 
I, my mom passed away in October. She was 91. And when we would go visit her uh, in her home, she would always have a big bag of Lay's potato chips in the pantry and a fresh container of chip dip in the kitchen, in the fridge. And that night, whenever we'd go see her, we would play a game called Spinners. It's kind of like a dominoes game. And we'd have a chip and dip party. Uh, so much so that when she passed, um, I brought a bunch of big bags of Lay's and uh, put some several chip dip containers in a cooler. And when we had her funeral meal, I put chips and dip at every table, one last chip dip party in honor of grandma. So that was kind of fun. So uh, what are some of the uh, junk foods that you, uh, of course, chips is on the top of mind. Ice cream is probably next. I cannot have a container of ice cream in the house. I have to go out and pay extra and just get, get a dip there and come home. Otherwise, it's gone. So anybody else like ice cream? Oh, yeah. Have you tried UDF's raspberry chocolate chip? It's great. They're going to serve that at the marriage supper of the lamb, I'm pretty sure. All right? It's that good. So what else? Call out a couple of other things. What else is on your list? Donuts. Donuts. Oh, donuts. Yeah. You know, we have a volunteer in the office, and she works at Jim's Donuts. And for some reason, her ministry now is bringing me an apple fritter. And I'm like, no, <laughs> please. So, what else? Pizza. What? Reese cups. Yes. Sour Patch Kids, yeah, we got to go that way too, right? Skittles. All right, anything else? Brownies. I like pastry, but I don't, I don't like, like, the, like Twinkies in a bag kind of thing. I like Killer Brownies. I like at Panera, you know, the scones with the orange dressing or orange uh, frosting, that kind of stuff. So, all right, good, you got the idea. All right, now let's, the next list I want us to make is... Other Daniel fast temptations that aren't necessarily junk food, okay? For instance, for me, one is coffee. I really enjoy a cup of coffee. In fact, I accidentally, Thursday morning, uh, pulled in the McDonald's drive-thru to get a cup of coffee, and I'm in the drive-thru going, I can't do this. So I pulled out and cried my way out of the parking lot. Uh, so what are some junk, some non-junk food, just some Daniel Fast temptations, foods you miss on the fast? Write some of those down. How many of you agree with what I think was the number one shout out last service? How many of you miss bacon on the Daniel fast? Yeah? Oh, yeah, life without bacon. Uh, what else do you miss? That just sounded like oh, meat, cheese. Yeah, what else? Waffles. Yeah, we said pizza. What else? Eggs. Bread, pasta, yeah, all, all that stuff. Mac and cheese. Okay, you're getting the, getting the hang of it. For some I don't know, have you noticed that when you're fasting, or I assume dieting as well, that when you are, food commercials look delicious? And I, I don't know what it is. You know, no other time do I notice them. But, and I don't know why, but for some reason, and I only, I probably 
eat them half a dozen times a year, if that. But I can guarantee you every time after a fast, the week after the fast, sometime, I will go and get a Whopper. Don't know why. I just, there's this craving that just starts that and fried chicken. But anyways, okay. So third point, uh, third list is the when and where. What are the times and places that you're tempted to eat that stuff you shouldn't be eating? To break the fast. All right. How many of you watching TV or streaming video? Yep. How many at work? Because your family can't see you, right? Um, how about in a restaurant? You have a choice, but you have to make the right choices. How about when you're tired or bored or stressed? Okay, all that kind of stuff. And so all these, it's helpful to kind of be a little aware of this as we're going forward to make this fast a success. Now, I don't want to just talk food, so I'm going to ask you to turn your, your notepad over. And we're going to talk about another aspect. But what's interesting to me with, with junk food especially is that I'm, like, when it comes to chips, no matter how much I eat, I'm never really satisfied. I can eat a whole bunch of chips, and in the end, I go from, oh, this is great, I love it, I love it, I love it more, 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 to I'm miserable. Right? You just go from, I keep eating, to, why'd I do that? Now I'm stuffed. Right? You have that buyer's remorse. Oh, this brownie's great. Oh, why'd I eat the whole thing? I mean, whatever it was. And it, it just goes from, I can't wait, to, Phew. Satisfaction, rarely, ah, oh, I'm satisfied. It's just right. No, how much do I, just one more spoon, one more chip, one more whatever. I read a study, and it said that when it comes to things like junk food, uh, that the, the curve drops off. Satisfaction, it's highest the first like three or four bites. Quit there. Because then it just goes boom, to where you're, oh, I shouldn't have done that. The problem is it's hard to quit anywhere along there. We end up miserable. So let's, let's kind of turn our focus a little bit. And rather than talking about food, what about junk food of your soul? How, how do you spend your time? Whether it's places, things, the way you spend the time, that if you could fast it, it'd probably be good for you. I'm not talking about flat-out evil sins necessarily. I mean, an obvious one is social media. So if you're going to put that down, put down which social medias you follow. But jot down some junk food of the soul that that I spend time on it and I have a hard time not spending too much time on it and, and I, I would do better with less or spend time with it or whatever.
Okay, so which social media? TikTok. TikTok. Well, be aware of the China connections. Just totally, uh, totally not a theological point, but be aware of that. What else? You're right. Instagram, Facebook, older folks, Facebook, right? All right. Fox News. Or the other end, CNN News. Anything in between. ESPN, dare I say. One, one woman last service had the audacity to call out, football! <laughs> what else? Video games. Yeah, that came out last service as well. Addicting. What else? I didn't hear it. Do what? Disney Plus. Yeah, Disney Channel. Thank you. There you go. Yeah, it's interesting. And, and like, any, baby boomers will remember the, the Lay's slogan. No one can, no one can eat just one. In another realm, I have talk about satisfaction. A very wealthy friend of mine who's a believer, he will often say, yeah, the salty taste of money. You know how much money's enough? Just a little more. You know how many Lay's potato chips are enough? Just, a, just one more. Just one more. You know how much fill in the blank is enough? You know how much social media is enough? Just five more minutes. Just two more clicks. You know how much gaming is enough? Just one more round. And, and it leads us, and again, it's, I'm not going to go to hell for eating a, a one-ounce bag of Lay's. I'm not going to go to hell for playing a video game. Maybe not going to go to hell for, hell for eating a ton of Lay's. But is it good for me? Is it healthy? Am, I, am I a good steward of my body and my soul and my spirit? And we haven't even talked about things that aren't just junk food for your soul. I mean, when we talk about social media, uh, studies abound that tell us that basically the more time a person spends on social media, uh, it tends to cause depression and anxiety. Your well-being is disproportionately tied to how much time you're on because we look at everybody else who has these amazing lives and vacations and families and homes and everything, and either we try to compete with that and we find out we can't compete with that, and so we find ourselves comparing with that, and then we're depressed. I have literally counseled young couples whose marriage was ruined over a spouse's gaming addiction, just online games, six, seven, eight hours a day. I just had lunch with a couple of educators, a superintendent and a principal, and, and they said the worst thing for kids today is this. Didn't even qualify. Worst thing for kids today. And so it's interesting how things that are harmless in the right amount, in the right circumstance, the right time, the right place can become damaging to us. And that doesn't even begin to touch things like alcohol use and drug use and gambling and pornography and all the addictions that can go with it. And compared to the world, I, I, I'm assuming I'm speaking mostly to Christians here. If you're not, we're thrilled that you're here. But I, I know that Christians are, are the fasting for spiritual reasons. Type. Compared to the world, Christians are supposed to be in an ongoing lifestyle fast. The one who called us, Jesus, the one we're named after, Christ, said to his disciples in Matthew 16, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself, take up their cross and follow me. 
Denial is part of the walk of following Christ. Do you know how countercultural that is? Because our culture says, whatever you want, have it, have it, have as much as you want and more and have it now. And have as much as you want and more and now. How much more? Now. Jesus says, you want to follow me? Learn to deny yourself. Culture's not going to deny you. Yeah, pile on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? You will never be satisfied with what the world has to offer. So I have to have a little bit more of this, a little bit more of that, and bigger and better and all that. And we keep going and going and going, and we are not satisfied. And the one who calls us says, no, learn to deny yourself. And then he says, whoever wishes to lose it, save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What will it profit a person if they gain the whole world and forfeit their soul? Or what will a person give in exchange for their soul? And so let's close with looking at the satisfying thing to be hungry for. In Matthew chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount, the most famous sermon of all, Jesus said it in two places. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they'll be satisfied. That's where satisfaction comes. That's soul deep. Matthew 6, he says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And the verse that's not on the screen says, therefore, don't be anxious for tomorrow. Tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Can I get an amen to that? It appears that the key to an anxiety-reduced life is focusing on God and his righteousness. So I said, okay, well, what does righteousness really mean? What's the definition? And what I could find in, in my research was righteousness is understood as life as God wants it and in, relation, in relationship with him. So it is understanding God's template for living, how I'm supposed to treat other people, how I'm supposed to value this world, how I'm supposed to set my priorities, how I'm supposed to treat myself, how I'm supposed to prioritize God. As I understand the way God wants me to live, that's righteousness in the context of an overall relationship with Him because I can't do it on my own. So it's a relationship with Him and then it's becoming who He wants me to be. And I have a prayer team praying through each service and last night the team, as we prayed before the service, one of my prayer partners actually prayed this, this line that's in my message. And it really, he said, righteousness is about knowing God and being his people and then valuing others. It's the first three steps of our mission. And the most important thing is to seek first knowing God, knowing his righteousness, who he is. And think of the people that are important to you in life that have the most influence over you relationally. They, cha they change you, like it or not. You become more like them. You pick up their vibe. You pick up their, their attitudes and their likes and their dislikes and their mannerisms and whatever, and they rub off on you. And if we have a relationship with the creator of the universe, the most supreme being of all, the implication is that he should rub off on us and knowing God should influence me to be his, his son or daughter, to be his people. As I know God, I want to live according to this. And John said in another letter he wrote that if you don't love people, you don't know God. So it kind of flows together. And that's kind of the, that's the place that I, that I turn my heart. Okay, how can I know you more, God? Because that's not dissatisfying. How can I know you and in that process allow you to transform me? There's great satisfaction there. And then how can I know you and you transform me and you love people through me? 
And so I want to close this message with a moment of quiet reflection because I don't know about you. You ever find that you, it's easy that you mean to have some quiet time and then it gets crowded out? And before you know it, oh, I missed my time. It just, everything took its place. Sometimes good stuff takes its place. Sometimes junk food of my soul takes the place of time I meant to spend just sitting and reflecting and thinking. And so take just a couple of minutes and ask yourself these three questions. Number one, am I living my life as God wants it? For some of you, there's an immediate response. Some is affirming. Some, there's a no. It's a cringe. Then deal with that. The second question is, what do you hope the fast will do in you? And if you've not been doing it, I invite you to join us starting today or tomorrow. And then the third is, what hungers should you be controlling in life, but you're not? Might be physical, more leaning toward the soul side of things. Take a moment, maybe bow your head with me and just reflect on those questions. Am I living my life as God wants it? What do I hope to accomplish in me, God does in me with this fast? And are there hungers that I should be controlling, but I've, I've not been? Lord, as we pause in your presence, forgive us for many times being too busy to pause in your presence. It doesn't have to happen in a church building. It can happen at home. It can happen at work. It can happen anywhere in the community. Just taking moments to be mindful of you. So, Holy Spirit, as we've opened the door in our hearts and minds, continue to speak to us about the life we're living and the enhancements or changes that you want to do. Speak to us about appetites that we freely indulge that you really want us to curb or even stop. And during this time of fasting and prayer, we pray you'd help us to accomplish that and draw us closer to you. And help us to to find our hope in Christ alone. In your name we pray, amen.